0: Hey folks, Jeff Woods here. Before we dive into this episode, we wanted to let you know that in less than two weeks, we will be kicking off a brand new 66 day challenge inside of our Living Your One Thing community. One of the things that you are going to hear in the episode today is the importance of having an environment that supports your goal. The environment can be the physical space. It can also be the people that you are surrounded by. And you're gonna hear the story of how important having those people that are that think in a certain way, that push you in a certain way is absolutely vital to you shattering your ceiling of achievement and achieving extraordinary results. We wrapped up a, a recent 66-day challenge with our community and the results were, were staggering. We know most people on a 66-day challenge fail because while it's simple, it doesn't mean it's easy. And yet here we had a group of community members who collectively, 78% of them successfully completed their 66-day challenge, which was a massive achievement. And when we asked them what the single difference was, they said it was the community. Having people that were going on the same journey with them, that were able to support them when they thought about giving up, that were able to keep it top of mind. We wanted to let you know that you have the opportunity to join us on a brand new 66-day challenge in the next few weeks. Go to theonething.com slash habits to learn more because you do not decide your future. What you do decide is your habits and your habits decide your futures. And you are only one habit away from achieving something extraordinary in your life. Will you join us? Start by going to theonething.com slash habits. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. On page 133 of The One Thing, there is an image of an iceberg. We want you to imagine what an iceberg looks like. Now, if you're like most people, you probably imagine this piece of ice coming out from the sea, and that's just the tip. And what we know is that that tip is actually the minority of the total body mass. The majority of it lies beneath the surface. On page 133, there is an image of an iceberg. And what most people focus on in their life is productivity. The actions they take and the results that they get. And when we don't have the results that we desire, we ask the question, how do I change my activities? And the challenge is it can be a um, a vicious cycle because you can't truly be productive if you don't understand what your priority is. And that lies beneath the surface. You gotta know what matters most. And it's tough to truly know what matters most, what the priority is, if you haven't developed a sense of purpose, why you are doing what you are doing. When we look at, we've got a bunch of resources on the one thing.com on the free stuff page. And one of them is a, my purpose guide, a guide to help you start to discover your purpose. It's one of the most downloaded guides that we have. And in talking to the members of our community, we know that so many of you are asking the question, what is my purpose? Why am I here? How can I line up what I do with why I do it today is going to be an incredible story of how one mom got clear on her purpose and started to line up what she did with why she did it. Um, She is an executive with a mortgage company. She's been very successful for multiple decades. She is also a practice leader of the one thing. She is one of our certified ambassadors and somebody that we proudly send out into the world and into companies to help represent the one thing. She also is the mother of a very impressive young man who is living with autism. And today you are going to hear about their journey of going from a world where life was so complex to starting to prune the unnecessary things back so that they could truly focus on what matters most. And what we truly appreciate about this episode is that every single one of you, when you go on a path to living the one thing, um, you go through a journey called time, T-I-M-E. You start by treading, just trying to keep your head above water to discovering the one thing and implementing the models. That's the I in time. And over time, when you implement it enough, you start to master it yourself. And at some point in your journey, you will reach back, grab the hand of someone else, and you will empower them to begin their journey of living the one thing. As you listen to the episode today, we want you to pay close attention to how what started with just one woman living the principles quickly turned into empowering her son to live them as well, to challenge the thoughts that he had that were imposing a ceiling over his achievement and refusing to accept that and to break through and truly achieve extraordinary results. With that, Let's get into this episode with Trisha and Darren Browers.
1: Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is, Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Patricia, Tricia, how did you come across the one thing?
2: <laughs> I actually read the book to start out with, which is probably a good place to start, right? Yeah. And as I read it, it started resonating with me in a way. It actually would be fun if I had the book where I could show it to you, you know, visually right now. My husband always said if I went missing, he would be able to turn my book over to a set of investigators because they'd be able to pull my DNA right off the book. <laughs> <laughs> And part of it is just, as I started reading it the first time, it was certain things struck me based on where I was in my life in that moment. What I find is it's something that I continue to go back to because I learn something every time I pick it up. It's not a one and done. For me, it was where I was at that point in time, I felt like things were hurried and hurried and I needed to really gain some focus. And I thought, okay, one thing really If I could just focus on one thing, and the focusing question is what got me? It captured me. What's the one thing that I can focus on that makes other things go away? I'm in. (laughs) So I started reading it at that point in time and started applying it to my life, started to get results, recognizing it didn't need to be living in the land of complexity and that I could actually make things pretty simple to get the results I was looking for.
0: You said living in the land of complexity what was complex about your life?
2: I could probably answer that better by saying, what wasn't complex about my life? I was in a point in time where I was in a career-changing... It was a career-changing time for me. I needed to make a major decision as it applied to my career. Being in finance for as many years as I was at that time, I was entering my 24th year in lending. And I didn't know if I wanted to continue on the path that I was on. And it was the first time in my life that I thought is this really the direction I want to go after having 24 years invested? Mm. I had a son that was approaching 18 years old quicker than what I had imagined. My son, Darren, lives with autism. He'll be the first to tell you it doesn't define him. And it doesn't make him less. It just makes him different. Aside from that, it was, what do I do about his future? Mm. I was finding myself purchasing property in Northwest Indiana, I've been an Illinois resident my entire life, growing up in suburbia and was thinking I was going to land in a hobby farm in Northwest Indiana. I was leaving my church that my kids were fifth generation in. There wasn't an area of my life that wasn't in the process of change or complexity.
0: So I remember very early on our interactions, I asked you what you do and how did you respond? (laughs)
2: It's not about what I do. It's why I do it.
0: So walk us through that.
2: Sure. Um, I'm here to fund my son's life when I'm no longer here. And a lot of parents that have a child with special needs recognize there's a couple things that come up for me in that question. One is I want to make sure that I leave a legacy. It's not about who I am today. It's about who I have yet to become. And that is for the sole purpose of what happens when I'm no longer here. What's the pebble in the pond that is going to leave the ripple effect to fund this boy's life far beyond the life that we're living right now and Mm -hmm. giving him the best life possible when I'm no longer here? And I take that as a tremendous blessing. I don't look at it as a burden, it's a blessing and it's an area of focus for me that needs to be a priority every single day.
0: How has that shaped the decisions that you've made?
2: It's my purpose. And when you get really, really clear on your purpose, you can start to prioritize in a way that you recognize, okay, is this directly connected to what it is that I'm looking to achieve? Mm
1: -hmm. If it
2: is, it deserves deserves space in my life. Mm -hmm. If it's not, then I need to make a decision at that point in time to move it somewhere else. And by the way, if I have time to get to that, fantastic. This is the priority that I need to live in in the moment in order to connect my today to tomorrow because it 100% matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Darren, how old are you now?
3: Well, I'm 22, but I'll be 23 in four months.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And, and how does it feel to hear your mom talk about what her purpose is?
3: Pretty much a great honor.
0: Yeah. So, Trisha, walk, walk us through. I mean, you, you talked about you've been an Illinois resident your whole life. Um, you know, fifth generation in your church, and all of a sudden you're looking at relocating to Indiana. Walk us through the reasons why.
2: Wow. So it's interesting because I was looking at the possibility of buying a lake property. I had this envisionment of having a pontoon boat on a lake, having pizza parties with my grandchildren one day. And I thought, well, in order to do that, I need to start to establish memories there for my kids so that my kids would want to bring their kids there and the generations to come. And as I was on this journey, the sense of urgency spoke to me in the sense of, Trish, while you're looking for a property to fulfill this long-term goal about your grandchildren, you need to start with your children. And Mm -hmm. I recognized I needed to go a little smaller. And it was really about Darren at this point in time, not what was coming down the pike. And so I had myself in all of these different listservs in order to send me properties and lakeproperties.com was one of them. And as it sent me the listings, I recognized it's not about the lake property. Very suddenly I realized it's about creating a home, a haven, a safety and a future for Darren and possibly other people living with autism and creating a group home solution. And I found myself on a path that I didn't expect, an email came through after I took myself out of all of those other listservs, an email came through from that website. And I thought, oh, let's just click on it and see what happens. And when I clicked on it, I started to read the description of the property. And the description of the property was small hobby farm, apple orchard, lake property. And I'm going, okay, can I live in the world of and on this one? And I went out to actually see the property. And from the minute I pulled in the driveway, I could see the vision. I saw a big picture. It was Apple Orchard, vocation solution, house, housing solution, land where we could build group homes or tiny houses or some sort of a community in the future. And I started to get really excited with the concept and recognize that it would totally require me to jump out of my comfort zone and go to the land that I never quite expected myself to be, which is 20 minutes away from the nearest store. Yeah. So (laughs) uh, I found myself, when I pulled in the driveway, I started crying and the vision just really started to unfold. My mom, who is a licensed realtor, was in the car with me and looked at me and said, Trisha Lynn, suck it up "'because you're going to ruin your negotiation power.' And with that, I needed to put my emotions between the lines, move forward and determine what could be possible. Yeah. The, the fun aspect of it was, is when I started to visually see what could be, and I tied my emotions to it in that moment, I knew that it was right. And I called my husband and said, what does your day look like? And he said, well, I've got a pretty busy day. And I said, let me explain to you what's happening. And with that, he said, So you don't need me to cancel my day and you don't need me to come there. If you believe that this is the purpose that we are to be going down, I trust you, write the contract. And we bought the property.
0: I know for so many people who are listening to this, when they reflect on their life, they feel like it's complex. They, 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 They want more out of their life, yet they want less. They want less on their plate and they just wish that things were a little bit more simple. I want to go back to you living in the world of complexity. How did the one thing help you simplify things so that you really felt like your dominoes were lined up each day?
2: You look at the focusing question of the book, what's the one thing that I can focus on such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? That was my center point. When you think about how do I get realigned? How do I get clarity on my focus? Clarity gives us direction. I needed to get really clear on what's the one thing that I can do. Thinking about the seven circles from the book, I had my spiritual life being upset. I had my financial life being upset. I had my business being upset. I had my job being upset. My physical well-being wasn't doing so great with the stress that I was under. Every circle was hit in some way, shape, or form. And I kept going back to the visual of what's the one thing that I can do. And it was understanding that, by the way, it was focusing on a area at a time, not all things at a time, Mm. and really learning not all things mattered equally. Okay, what's my priority? What's, What's the thing that I can focus on that maybe I actually get a ripple effect in all of these other areas in my life? And I recognized it started with me. I needed to put myself together first, start to act in order of priority so that I could turn around and perform in all those different areas. Because it's not about me. It's about Darren, it's about funding his life. It's about my team. It's about the people that I interact with and the legacy that I wanna leave. And I had to learn to advocate for myself first in order to advocate for others.
0: What was the lead domino?
2: I had to recognize that I needed to learn how to go small. My lead domino was finding the two-inch domino. (laughs) It was it was about understanding that I needed to narrow my focus so small that I almost said, you know, um, there's that kiss, keep it simple, stupid. You know, I needed to turn around and and really recognize the fact. I know, Darren, I don't like that word either. My son's giving me the eye, like, Mom, you don't like that word. (laughs) I don't like that word, and you're one hundred percent right. Which is also what drove me. It was about the fact that my lead domino was finding my two-inch domino that I could go so small that it was something that I could implement today that was going to make a difference tomorrow that was going to create that ripple effect. Mm -hmm. I truly had to figure out what the pebble in the pond was. And the two-inch domino started with finding the two-inch domino, keeping it so simple. Yeah. So simple. There was a time in my life that was very reflective of this. When I look back at the orchard in the first year that we purchased it, In January of that following year was the polar vortex. And as the spring came, there were no buds on the trees. We weren't getting the fruit. Couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from the trees that we have big, beautiful trees. I enlisted the support of another apple orchard owner and said, I need some help. Said, tell me about your trees. Said, I have big, beautiful trees and I don't understand why I have no fruit. He said, So that's your problem. I said, what's my problem? He said, you have big, beautiful trees. When the nutrients come up through the root system, it has a lot of different branches to distribute those nutrients. The more branches, the smaller the fruit. And it took me back a minute to recognize I needed to go small in order to go big. And I said, so what you're telling me is, is I need to go small to go big. He said, 100% you need to take off all of those unnecessary branches that's robbing you of the results that you are looking for. Pause and insert life, right? I went, okay, so it's looking at it from the big broad perspective and going really small with it. What are the unnecessary limbs in my life right now that are eating up my 1,440 minutes in a day? And by the way, it could be activities and it could be people. What do I need to pare back And remove in order to get the results that I'm looking for and really bear the harvest that we're looking to reap. And so, as Darren was working in the orchard this past weekend, what were you doing? I was removing
3: branches from the orchard area. What happens when we remove the branches from the trees? We would simply make a pile of leftover branches and And we get rid of those
2: so that what can happen to the trees?
3: They'll be able to grow more fruit,
2: more fruit and better fruit by actually having less areas to distribute the nutrients. So, really, if you want to go big, you got to go small.
0: You know, over the past five plus years, you've formed lots of habits, right? So, what has that journey looked like for you, and how has that journey then? spilled over into Darren's life.
2: One of the habits that I created actually is for my physical well-being. Mm -hmm. And when I look at where I was, boy, do I wish, dear younger me, I could write a letter back to say, here's how you need to take care of yourself. And Trisha, there's a reason when you're on a plane and the flight attendant says, put the oxygen mask on yourself first and then help others around you. As a mom, I thought that was crazy. I'm going to help my kids first, then I'll help myself not realizing that if I'm not here, I can't help anyone. And my physical self was the habit that I needed to create first. Mm. And it was physical activity every single day to make me the best version of myself. I have one body. Without that, uh, where am I going to live? And knowing I have that one body and creating that habit, actually, I started to become a, a half marathon runner. And it was tying in Darren's life to that because I run for autism awareness. I run with my husband, Sean. And it was also how it spilled over to Darren's life is the fact that um, someone's running with me now. It's also about that he saw the discipline that it took to create the habit that every single day I was in physical activity and that led to the result that I was looking for. And what started out as, I'm going to say inactivity to you know couch to 5k from 5k to 10k from 10k to half marathon and Darren's actually started to pick up those habits and has been running with me which is kind of fun.
0: Darren what did that look like for you?
3: Well based on the running it it was exhausting after <laughs> and during the run.
2: When you started and then what started to happen for you? It was exhausting the first time, right? It was pretty much exhausting every time. (laughs) Talk about your distances. You started on a treadmill, right? Yeah. And what happened on the treadmill?
3: I was able to reach two miles. Or Yeah. And then
2: what happened when you started to hit the trail?
3: I ran more than that. Okay. You went from two miles to? To three
2: miles. And you went from three miles to? To four miles. And you went from four miles to? Five miles. Okay. And now you can do a 10K and it started to line up for Darren. It wasn't about going from, you know, treadmill to I'm going to do a 10K. It was the incremental growth along the way. We went from two to three, from three to four, from four to five. I remember running with Darren one night. It was, it was later in the day. And as we were running, we were going up a hill and Darren looked at me and he goes, mom, can I ask you a question? Darren, you can ask me anything. He said, how is it that you are so full of... And he paused, which scared me for a little <laughs> moment. Because <laughs> I thought, well, what's going to come out next? And then thankfully and you know, gratefully, he said, energy.
0: Yeah.
2: I said, okay, so let's talk about that. Why am I so full of energy? And he said, you're you and I'm me. Shouldn't I have more energy? I said, Darren, is that your way of telling me I'm old and that you're younger, so therefore you should have more? Was that your intention? No, no, no
3: that was not.
2: What was your intention? What'd you want to know in that conversation?
3: My, my intention was that I should feel less exhausted when I run and mom um, gets less
2: exhausted. Yeah, I had a little bit more energy. And I said, the difference is, Darren, is we're running up this hill right now. And it was a hill particularly that we had come across. I'm telling myself what I can do. I can do this. I'm grateful to do this. I'm grateful to be outside. I have the ability to run when others don't have the ability to run. What story are you telling yourself? If you're going up the hill and you're telling yourself that you can't do it, what do you think is going to happen? Yet if you tell yourself that you can... It's the little engine that could. He said, I think I... Can. Not, I think I... Can't. Exactly. And with that, it was about really understanding that the narrative that we tell ourselves of what's possible is really where it all starts.
0: So, so let's dive into that because I think every person has stories they tell themselves that are putting a ceiling over what's possible mm-hmm. for them. And it's tough to read the label when you're inside the box. You know, It takes somebody outside of your world that can look at you objectively and take a stand for your greatness when you might be fighting for limitations. Talk to us a little bit about what autism really is and the limiting beliefs that you guys had to crush along Darren's journey.
2: Autism is a neurological-based disorder that impacts one's ability to interact in this world. And when I talk about interaction, it's not just interaction through communication. It's All pieces of this world. It's sound, it's sight, it's feeling, it's sensory, as well as verbal communication. The spectrum is really wide and has been redefined in the last several years. You can have a low functioning individual, meaning they have nonverbal communication. They are over sensitized by things in this world, so they can over respond to things based on a sound, a sight a light clothing, anything that touches the skin, to a high-functioning, highly integrated individual that maybe just has some low social skills, yet they're verbal and there is something that's quite there. You may not be able to see it if you don't have a trained eye or ear for it.
0: Yeah. Walk us through some of the beliefs Mm -hmm. that you saw Darren start to hold, that you looked at that and went, Oh no, child. (laughs) Uh uh, not in this house.
2: Were there ever moments I said, oh no, child? I don't think so. I think there's two ways to think of it there is the story that you tell yourself, and there is the story that others tell you. We recognize that our thoughts become our beliefs and our beliefs become our actions. So, what are the thoughts that you are going to give yourself, not only about you, the situation, your child? and who your child has yet to become. I had five doctors tell me that there was nothing wrong and defined him as being a second child, a boy, lazy. Said, okay, gut's telling me a completely different story. And by the way, the story that my gut's telling me, I am completely accepting of and okay with. I just need to know what's the plan. What's the journey? What do I need to do in order to give him the best outcome? When autism actually came in as a recognized diagnosis, it was about advocating for him to be the best self. When I had a doctor tell me he may never speak, he had less than 70 words in his vocabulary at the age of five. And I was told this is probably who he has yet to become. That was unacceptable to me. And the words that I used with a doctor is unacceptable outcome, you're fired. I need to surround him with people that were going to be supportive of his goals. One doesn't work without the other. You can't have an absolutely fantastic environment and not have the people. And you can't have the people and not have the environment. And that was the environment we had to create for him. It was, there are no limitations. You will not put my child in a box. I will not be defined by what you're telling me that I have yet to become. Why would I stand for that for my son? And it was really about surrounding him with the people that he needed in order to turn around and be the most successful version of himself and have the people, have the early intervention. Every roadblock that was put in our way, Jeff, to your point, it had to be broken down. There wasn't a choice. There wasn't an option for a different outcome. Because if I wasn't going to be the voice for those who couldn't speak, who was And so Darren, as he started to proceed on this journey and be surrounded by the people that were supportive of what it was that we were looking to achieve, what I was told was impossible suddenly became I'm possible. And we had the ability to turn around and reframe that word in a meaningful way to recognize everything seems impossible until it's done. What do we want to create today that is going to help him become what he has yet to become? And the journey of who we became and evolved through that process is priceless. Mm
1: -hmm. I am
2: who I am as a result of this amazing young man sitting next to me. Without that in my journey, I wouldn't be as passionate as what I am about helping other people achieve what they define as success in their life. Success for us is... He's 22 years old and he has more words than I need to hear on a daily basis. (laughs) And I am grateful for that.
0: Darren, can you think of a time when you expressed a thought to your mom and your mom had to help you reshape the way you, you thought about that?
2: Oh... Wow. When you were going through your job shadow program at Autonomy Works, Mm -hmm. you were given an assessment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you were going through the job shadow program, there were a series of things that you needed to do to be able to be hired by them one Mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Right? Okay. How were you doing on achieving those goals? It was a series of goals. These are things that you need to do in order to get you where you want to be, right? Yeah. Okay. How were you doing achieving those goals? Well, those achievements can be
3: rather tricky. Okay. So, my supervisor, Miss Joelle, who I give a special shout out to, <laughs> <laughs> along with everyone else at Autonomy Works. Okay. <laughs> And also my sister, Ren McGee. Okay. Says,
1: <laughs> all right. Let's keep going. <laughs>
3: okay. Okay. okay.
2: So you had a series of goals that you needed to achieve. Yes. Okay. And, and how did you do with achieving those goals? Did you meet them all?
3: Well, no, I did not meet all those achievements. Okay. So I asked Miss Joelle on how I can do better. Okay. And what did you ask her specifically? You said, Mr. Joelle, was there anything I did wrong at this instinct? Okay. And what'd she say to you? And I think she says that even though it is tricky, I want you to try. And my mom keeps saying, there is
2: no try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you came home and you said, mom, I didn't meet expectations in these different areas. Right? Yep. And so I gave you some advice. And what was the advice that I gave you? Wow,
3: I think it was that you wanted me to go back and ask Miss Joelle if there's anything I can do to solve this problem. Was it anything? It it seems so long ago. (laughs) Well, pretty much a while ago. Uh,
2: Okay, so I said go back to Miss Joelle tomorrow and ask her what's the what's the one thing (laughs) I can I can achieve. Yep, what's the one thing I can do in each one of these areas to do better mm-hmm. right so now we go down a little bit of time Yeah, you're being reassessed Yeah, i got the job
3: and i've been working there for two years
0: congratulations mm-hmm. congratulations what okay. did you lo- what did you learn going through that darren
3: oh well so far as far as my job goes I already know that everyone's differences might be the difference that makes the world a better place. <laughs> well said, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Gosh>. totally.
0: <laughs> Can you say that again?
3: Well, everyone's differences if they just keep going at their own pace, the way they're different might be the difference that makes
2: the world a better place. Oh, oh, it, there's a tearjerker. <laughs> Yeah, you got me. So the whole assessment story is something that is really important because that is someone assessing him on who he is and how he's performing. And when we were actually in the room that day, and I wasn't allowed to speak, that's telling me I'm not allowed to speak in a room isn't exactly easy. (laughs) But what I watched is as the assessment sheet came over, And Darren looked at all the areas that he met expectations, and he saw the ones where he did not. His focus automatically went to the three boxes that said did not meet expectations versus the 12 boxes that he had met expectations. And I watched his face when he looked at the sheet, and I watched his body language, and he completely shut down. And I wasn't allowed to say anything to him in that moment. And we got into the car and I looked at him and I said, tell me what you were thinking and feeling when you saw that sheet, Darren. And he said, they told me I wasn't good enough. And I looked at him and I said, so by the way, I was in that room and no one ever used those words. No one said to you that you weren't good enough. Why do you think that? Well, that's what that sheet says. And that's where I really challenged him to go back to Ms. Joelle the next day and say, what's the one thing that I can do in each one of these areas to do better? It wasn't about creating a ton of change. It was give me one thing that I can do because I know I'm capable of that and I can implement that and make a difference. So the next time that that sheet came over to him and he looked at it, immediately he stopped. He had the same feeling that he had. I watched him shut down. I watched his face. I watched the body language. And I said, now I need to talk. Can we time this out a moment? I, I really believe that I have something to say. And they said, absolutely. I said, Darren, tell me what you're thinking in this moment. He goes, that's that form they told me I wasn't good enough. I said, okay. So we had that conversation and that's not what was said. And I said, those words weren't used. I'd like you to look at the sheet right now and tell me where all the check boxes are. Because what I had recognized is everything had moved over to met expectations. And he looked down at it and he saw that everything was in the left column. And all of a sudden, he looked at me and he goes, well, that's a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, is it? Darren, you implemented where you needed to create the change. You listened to Miss Joelle and what she told you was possible. And you did it. And they looked at him and said, Darren... What do we want to offer you at this point in time? What did they say to you in that moment then? Welcome to Autonomy Works. We'd like to offer you the job. And Darren's response was, I'll have to think about that. (laughs) 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 And I said, so this is where mom's going to speak again. Yeah, there is no thinking about that. You will take the job. Because (laughs) this journey has led up to this moment. And this is where we need to be. think about that though. How often do we stop because of someone defining us and we don't take a moment to take the feedback and say, how can we be different? What can we do to improve? It's not that he was doing anything wrong. It's how can we do it more right?
0: Trisha, talk to the person who's listening to this, that if they're being honest with themselves, they realize that some of their thoughts are not serving them. And they know they want to change those thoughts and maybe don't know how. Mm -hmm. And they also are realizing people that they care about. They want to help them too, Mm -hmm. but are not sure how. What's the one thing they can do to get started?
2: I think it goes back to where having a real clear understanding that no one succeeds alone. Mm. And when you look at that, it's who do you want to surround yourself with that will help you achieve The best version of yourself. Hmm. And it's important that you surround yourself with people that are aligned with what it is that you're looking to achieve. And by the way, that's personally, that's professionally, that's every aspect of your life. And there is a narrative that we tell ourselves. And we're either going to tell ourselves, like running up the hill with Darren, we can or we can't. And when we say that we can do something, it's about understanding that we are the first person that we interact with on a daily basis, and we're the last. And the narrative that we tell ourselves is really the story where it all begins. And if we need a slight rewire and we need to be thinking differently, it requires us to do something different today than what we did yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: part of it is getting comfortable with change and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I recognize. The path isn't always easy. You might get a little dirty, you might get banged up, you might even get broken along the way. The journey is worth it because you're worth it. Your child's worth it. The person that you're advocating for is worth it. And I think that is the message. If I would have listened to all the people that put a ceiling of achievement on this guy he wouldn't be who he is today. I wouldn't be who I am today. It's not about what we can't do or can't be. It's about who we have yet to become and recognize that who you surround yourself with is just as critical as the stories that you tell yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You fast forward to today. Um, the one thing is a very active part of your life. Not only as a practice leader, but if we look at that acronym of time, you've moved from treading, just keeping your head above water in that world of complexity to implementing the models to simplify things and line your dominoes up to going on a journey of really mastering. And now, I mean, you're one of our ambassadors and you are empowering others to live it. Walk us through why you chose to go through the process to actually get certified and actually become a a practice leader that empowers others.
2: So as I was going small and recognizing what's my lead domino, it was understanding that I needed to get uber clear on what my purpose was. I believe my purpose is to reach the most amount of people in the least amount of time making the greatest amount of impact. I only have 1,440 minutes in a day as you do and how we choose to use our time is completely dependent on where we put our priority. And the reason why I wanted to get certified and go down this path and being able, one, I needed to be living in authenticity. That's one of my key core values, right? Is I need to be the most authentic version of myself. And I believe that the rubber needed to meet the road. It wasn't just about becoming certified, it was, am I living this? Right? And I was living it before I became certified. And then I became more intentional after because I'm still learning. I would love to say that you know this is perfection for me. It is not. It is progress every single day. Jeff, you have shared with me uh, the business plan or the 411 or the plan that you have isn't the perfect plan, it's the one that you have. And I am not perfect in any way, shape or form, but I will tell you every single day, I strive to be better. And this is where helping me live out the models and the systems... Helps me become a better version of myself in all of those areas, and I can live in authenticity, which is important to me, which also goes to advocacy. And advocacy is, again, it's from the time very early on to being Darren's mom to being a one thing ambassador in my professional career with my team. It's about I'm advocating for everyone's best outcome for them. And it's about the legacy that I leave long after I'm here. My belief is. If I am truly going to reach the most amount of people in the least amount of time making the greatest amount of impact, what they implement into their lives is part of that legacy. Mm-hmm. Because it's not only the gift that then they are turning around and living and reaping the benefits from, they're modeling the way for everyone else around them as well, which is part of the big picture.
0: Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Out of, out of everything. Darren, what's the one thing you would have told yourself mm-hmm. when you began this journey mm-hmm. that somebody listening to this right now can start doing?
3: I would say to myself, self. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should keep doing you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, I love you beyond words.
1: You
3: know
2: that, right? I totally love you.
3: Thanks. Oh, love me too. <laughs> I
2: love you more.
0: Love you most. Trisha, same question for you. Based on everything that you have learned on this journey, what's the advice you would give yourself to say, "Just, just this is the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? What would it be?
2: Keep it simple. So often we get caught up in complexity and think about all the things that we need to do, and we overanalyze it to the point that we are paralysis by analysis.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Pick one thing. It's not about doing everything. It's pick one thing, make it a habit, get into a routine, have it be a part of your DNA. Start there. It's about the simple truths behind extraordinary results. It's not about doing a ton of things. It's doing less. The majority of what I want can come from the minority of what I do. Get very clear on what's the one thing that I'm willing to implement today because it matters.
0: Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Trisha and Darren Browers. This is an episode that really stands out to me as probably one of the best ones we've done. And I think the reason there's two things that really stand out to me. The first is purpose. You heard it through the entire story. Trisha is so clear about her purpose, being able to fund Darren's life when she is no longer here. And from a legacy standpoint, also making, reaching the most amount of people, making the greatest amount of impact in the least amount of time. When she got hyper clear about why she was doing what she was doing, suddenly it allowed her to look at her life like that orchard tree and start realizing that there is no way that she will have a fruitful life if she allows her energy to go everywhere. She had to just start getting intentional and pruning back the unnecessary branches, people, activities, commitments, so that what she did was powered by why she did it. And along the journey, moving from treading to implementing to mastering, she is now empowering people. She's truly an ambassador to the brand. You see it with her son, Darren, helping him break through his ceiling of achievements. And now she's in the position where she can go out in the world and help other people begin their journey of living the one thing. You know what's cool about this? So can you. This is the exact same opportunity that you have. You have the ability right now to reach back and grab the hand of someone who needs it. To share this episode with them, to help them become aware of the fact that so much is possible for them. They just got to get outside of their own box and look at things in a different way. The question we have for you is, who will you empower? If you could only choose one person to start, who would it be? Would you share this episode with them? Would you challenge them to go on a 66 day challenge with you? Would you challenge them to do a 411? There's so many things that you could do. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make empowering that person easier or unnecessary? And if you would like to work more closely with us so that we can help you along your journey, we hope that you will take a few seconds and go to theonething.com slash habits. That's with the number one in the URL. Go to theonething.com slash habits and learn about what's possible when you go on a 66-day challenge with a community that is designed to boost your odds of success. We hope that you'll join us. Our next challenge starts in just a few weeks as the time of this airing. And regardless of of when you listen to this, this is a keystone part of this community. Go to theonething.com slash habits and learn more about it. And if you find yourself feeling called to share the one thing at a higher level and would like to learn more about what it looks like to actually get certified to deliver this, whether that's inside your community or other companies or inside your organization, go to the one thing.com slash training and under the corporate section you will see something about getting certified and we can chat with you. If you are new to the One Thing podcast, click subscribe so all future episodes are automatically downloaded to your device. And sincerely, this I would love for Trisha and Darren to be able to see these. If this specific episode has made an impact for you, please leave us a review. Whether you've left us one in the past or if it's your first time, take a few minutes and write an honest review and note the episode with Trisha and Darren, because I have a feeling they would love to see your feedback and it would mean the world to them. Thank you so much for listening to the One Thing Podcast. We appreciate you investing your time with us. I'm your host, Jeff Woods, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.